Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Ramos Law Difference Makers podcast, where I, your host, Dr. Jim Hoven, have a chance to meet with amazing people every single week. And today is no exception. Today, I have a longtime friend, actually, someone who's been in my life for years through a gym that uh, that I was a part owner in and she was integ- uh, integrated with. And now, just through we've taken seminars together, we've taught on the same platform at Rockton, we've had some amazing interactive experiences. Now it's me and you. Lori Frederick is my guest today. She actually has created this incredible um, platform for workers that we're going to talk about, and it's called Balance Biomechanics. She is the, I got to read this because you're not the founder, but I couldn't believe this, Lori. You're the chief movement geek. We're going to talk about (laughs) movement geek because I love that term. So Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, we've been working on this for a while. I know, right? right? Trying to get here. And I got to say, you were one of my inspirations. As you know, um, there was a time where I was posting stuff on the internet every single day, right? And it was all, all of my stuff was based on positivity and personal growth and all that kind of stuff. And one of the people that really kept me going in that was you. And I've never told you this, right? So I'm telling you face to face for the first so time nice. because you're so consistent and you were working with, and I saw you take some heat, by the way on TikTok when you use the, do you remember using rock tape for flip-flops? Oh yeah, oh gosh, I got <laughs> nailed for you that. Got some There's some grief opinionated that. people out there. There are, but anyway, so you were inspirational for me, so thank you for that. And you've made, a, so. absolutely, you've made a really big impact in people's lives in the social media world. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about what you do, who you are as the movement ninja. The movement ninja. It's kind of evolved a bit over time, but I've always been centered around movement because my background is I'm a strength coach and I'm a massage therapist. And so the interest has always been there, but I get the joy of having a company that helps people in like blue collar industries and high hazard stuff move better and pay more attention to their own bodies. So we're going to come into that, but I want to discuss your background. I am so interested because I've seen you teach, right? And because like I say, you and I taught rock tape together. Um, How did you get started? Were you massage therapist first or strength coach first? I was strength coach first. And then, so what um, took you into massage therapy from strength? That's an interesting... Well, it wasn't too long after. My mom's a massage therapist. Ah, gotcha. So that's where um, the you know um, bridge came from. Mm-hmm. But I graduated from Arizona State with my exercise science. And I got a job in an athletic club, Denver Athletic Club here. Yeah, great club. Um, and then I, my mom was always like, well, why don't you try massage? I'm like, sure. I mean, I was, she taught me things. So everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're good at that. And I'm like, well, let me get better at that. And went in through sports massage and um, kind of, it's a great combination because it's always like, well, you know, I can hurt you and then I can fix you. <laughs> <laughs> well, but when you went back, so I'm interested when you were going to college, taking your degree in exercise science, you're going through that. Did you have in mind a direction that you wanted to take your life at that point? Because you say your mom talked to you about massage. What was your thought? Were you really athletic growing up? Is that what took you into that? that. Or um, I was in sports, so that was easy. I think like through high school when they did career days and things like that, I was like, ooh, I want to be a surgeon. There was this uh, fascination with um, that. And I did a day on the job following a surgeon around. It was really cool. And then I was like, that's a lot of school. <laughs> I kind of eyeballed that one. For sure. Um, and so I'm like, well, maybe PT, maybe something. But I'm like, still more school. And um, just looked at all the major uh, opportunities. I'm like, ooh, exercise science sounds really cool. I had an ACL tear myself. Uh, ooh, my, sports injury? Yeah. 
gymnastics senior year in high school Ouch. and then also senior year in college. But the one uh, in high school is probably really what directed me into the sports medicine world and exercise science. So, mm. yeah. And since then, you've really honed your skills to where now, again, the movement thing, what I think is so cool and unique about you, Lori, is... You know, I've known many fantastic massage therapists and they make a difference in the quality of life for so many people. It's unbelievable. But because you then have this strength component, you've combined the movement and the muscle, right? Yes. The, the contraction and the relaxation. So where did that come from? How did that uh, brainchild that come definitely to be? evolved um right i mean i think when i started massage therapy and i had people coming to me they're like you know the back of my neck and my upper back really hurt and they're sore rub there you know and i was like okay i'm you know good at and learning my anatomy i think massage is what really helped me learn my anatomy For like sure. touching following like learning exactly where all those muscles go um, help me a ton, not just like memorizing <laughs> where they are on mm -hmm. the skeleton, but so that helped me learn more and then get more movement based. But, you know, having everyone come rub their back and where it hurt, and then it wasn't really helping long-term. I was like, wait a second, how's this going? And then thinking more posture, like, okay, wait a minute. Um, this is all, you know, it's all tight in the front of the neck, actually, because your posture sucks and <laughs> you need to get your head back over your shoulders. So I'm going to leave the back alone. Let's all work on the front muscles. And then they're like, oh my gosh, it just stopped hurting because I got in better position. So kind of getting to the source of it and not mm -hmm. just the symptoms. Interesting. And, and then it just spreads from there. So once I got that light bulb, as is with everything, you're like knee pain, hip pain. Okay, it's not there, right? Ida Rolf, where you think it is, it isn't. Um, just gets you thinking bigger. Right. You know, it's interesting that you say something about, and we'll go just clinical for a minute here. One thing I learned in treating so many people with neck pain, headaches from the chiropractic side was we were always adjusting spines and working suboccipitals and working levators, right? We're always doing that. No one ever told me in school or even in some of my mentors about the anterior scalings. And what I found was when you find the anterior scalings, and for those of you that are listening or watching, the anterior scalings, they live kind of way down deep inside here, and boy, to get to them is no fun. But if it's no fun, it means it's exactly what you need. And, and I'm telling you, headaches, neck pain, stuff into the shoulders, arms, magical improvement with the scalings. And that's what you're saying, right? Like yeah. so many people's head carriages forward that we're stretching in the back and we're shortening in the front. And that's what you noticed? Yeah. I all the time refer to the bowling ball of a head, right? Because mm -hmm. the head is an average weight of like 12 pounds, which is a really decent bowling ball. And if, if that's forward or out of place all the time, then all those muscles are just struggling the whole time to hold it up. So um, just addressing where they're holding their head and going from there is... Um, really good. And, you know, one thing I never learned in massage school, um, really is sometimes it's good not to touch it. Like it's already overstimulated. It's already like angry. Don't touch it sometimes go somewhere else. And that, that point. took a while to really kind of get instinctual on. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think we as providers tend to go to the site of pain. And of course our mutual friend, Perry Nicholson always talks about stop chasing pain, yeah. right? But look rather through these patterns that you and I are going to get into in a moment, these functional movement patterns. And a lot of people like you and I will be calling it fascial planes or this kind of stuff. But essentially, remember what our grandma said that the ankle bones connected to the neck bone and the little song, right. it's true. 
right? And so where did you find love for that? When did that become the passion of the movement side of it as opposed to the localization? Jeez, um, it, it kind of just dripped along the way, um, just more and more, I guess, you know, these little things that you help people and they're like, oh my gosh, that helps so much. I'm like, ooh, let me learn more, go down that path, read more, um, just self-taught through a lot of different things, right? I've always been one where I can't um, make a choice of, you know, like ART or um, just different therapies. I'm like, no, I want to learn about it all. Yes. Um, and then just trying new things uh, with different people. But it's probably the success of having someone just look at you and they're like, oh, I feel so much better you know, just helps in that feedback. Going. Amazing. Oh, it's great. Right. And you've been in some really powerful networks and we're going to talk about your company soon, but I know, um, one of the big turning points in my life, I got a diplomate in sports injuries after college. I got acupuncture certified NAET certified. I did a lot of stuff, but what I found was the thing that really brought a lot of stuff together for me was the rock tape experience because of Dr. Capo Bianco Allison Evans, some of these people that were creating these programs that were like you say, um, bridging thought processes and concepts that it wasn't unique. Now it's bringing them together. That changed my world. And when I got to teach it, like when I practice is one thing, but when I got to teach it, light bulbs went on across America. I agree. That to me was a, the ultimate turn on. I agree. It was a huge turning point. I am so lucky to have like tripped on rock tape. I mean, it like I stumbled upon it. It was complete. It meant to be moment because it just so happened that I lived in the area and I was looking for a gym to work out at. And I was like, oh, Project Move, what's that? And then just meeting the people there and talking about it. But the, the whole fact of rock tape, when you take a class or you just get behind their philosophy of everybody has something to bring to the table. And it was no longer like, oh, you're just a massage therapist. I'm, yes. I'm this or that, or, you know, like this weird hierarchy that's supposed to be there of what kind of medical professional you are. Um, when, when they just bring that beginning of classes, like everything, everybody has something to offer. Let's share our brain and perspective because it's so true. You can, you know, you learn all your education and you get a bit tunnel visioned on, on what you've learned and Absolutely. experienced. So then all of a sudden you talk to someone, they're like, well, have you ever tried this? And you're like, oh my gosh, no, that is brilliant. Um, it's such a, um, atmosphere to build each other up and, Again, life-changing for sure. Right. Remember what they call that open source? Remember we, when we would do the courses <laughs> yes. of open source? And I was just listening to a podcast yesterday and they were talking about betting on, and it was a Tony Robbins podcast who I love. And he said, who would you bet on? Microsoft or a bunch of volunteers to change the world? And of course, I'm boiling the story down, but the, the bottom line is Microsoft was trying to come up with a, a way to get the world information on everything at the same time as Wikipedia was being formed. <laughs> Wikipedia, all open source, all volunteer. And right. of course it dominated what Microsoft tried to do. And that's what I think the beauty of rock tape was for me was that like you say, whether you were a massage therapist, acupuncturist, chiropractor, physical therapist, medical doctor, everyone was welcome to the tribe to yes. bring in their concepts and their networks. And then these beautiful courses were and still are going on that changed movement. And was that instrumental in you developing your business or were you already in your business and that helped you formulate more of your concepts? I was already in the business and a it, balanced biomechanics, a balanced biomechanics. Okay. Yeah. So that was already there and going, but it was really more, um, 
uh, lifting training ergonomics sort of thing. I mean, still is, but rock tape, um, when I was learning more about it, because I myself was skeptical, I'm like, really, you're going to put tape on something that's going to feel better? Are you kidding? <laughs> right? I'm a, I'm a skeptic for everything first. And so digging into that more and finding out more about it and then putting it into my work world of safety and ergonomics and researching this little data point of, oh, well, OSHA lists kinesiology tape as a first aid tool, and we can get into that later. But um, I was like, this is huge. And I talked to Capo and we had a meeting. I'm like, do you know how big this is? Because you have this really great product and this really big need, and there's a huge void and you need to go there. <laughs> what, and what a great leader he is because he's a great listener, right? And he yes. took your thought and said, yeah, let's explore it. Let's run with it. And now look, a product is born. And now your, <clears throat> your company, when you're looking at balanced biomechanics, you're focusing predominantly on blue collar workers, right? And I know you talked about biohazard as well. Explain to the listeners and the viewers what, why the need for this? I think it's a group. Um, it's a population that has the most amazing work ethic, um, but they hardly ever take care of themselves. Yes. So, right, there's, they're not ones to go get a personal trainer or a nutritionist or go get a massage, okay? That's very uncommon. Yeah, and it's kind of not, not in their ethos. It's not the culture to do that. Like, if you don't want to admit it if you're going to see massage therapists. Like, say right. you're a dude going to get your nails done. Yeah, they're like, I'm going there. to do yoga. You're like, don't say, don't say that out loud, right? You know, we call it mobility um, for a reason. I don't say yoga ever. That's like the Y word. Yeah. You, you call it mobility because it's very much badass. And then you, you sneak in to a lot of different ways. But I mean, it just, it really fell into my lap that I got to work with um, tradespeople and in industry. And I fell in love with it from the beginning. So just, how did you fall into it? Cool story? Uh, not a huge story. There was, um, I got recruited uh, to teach for um, a company that's actually out of Canada. And then um, it just, I was like, really, we can do this. We can teach to companies of people. Um, and just did it for a little bit of time and then realized that people are like, well, I can't really find a U.S. company that does this. I'm like, well, my husband was just transitioning in jobs at the time and he's a good like, um, uh, GSD guy. We can swear on here, right? Of course. Okay. Well, yeah, he's the get shit done specialist. Yeah. Um, by all means. And I'm like, Hey, why don't we start this business? <laughs> Cause people, the demand was there. Yeah. Um, and then just learning our, uh, first company was a frack company and learning um the whole fracking yep, yep. And, uh oil and gas and completions and learning that process and getting out in the field and like getting all my fire retardant clothing on and looking at how it's done i was like what's that what does that do what is this why do you have and they're like wow you ask a lot of questions <laughs> um but i was like this is so fascinating and you learn how your lights turn on and i work with um waste management and water treatment and all the things it's like you're kind of like the micro dirty jobs of of movement. That's what I'm going to call micro you. Micro is my boyfriend. Okay. And my husband okay. knows this. Okay, cool. Um, I'm slightly yeah. obsessed. Uh, <laughs> and I love him because really, I and seeing that dirty jobs before this business ever started, you know, I didn't realize how I had, that's the same appreciation. I'm yes. Like, oh my gosh. Um, I want to help these people. Right. And they just need to know, like, you can just do the littlest thing, like this little bitty stretch, like once a day and uh, we'll help you. And they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize it was that easy. Do you work at multiple levels within one of these types of companies or do you stay in the more manual part of it as opposed to the office part where they get, you know, micro traumas with 
wrists and that kind of stuff? It's, it usually starts boots on the ground in the field. That's the, I love it. And then all the office people get jealous and they're like, okay. how come they get that? And we don't. And so we, <laughs> we end up adding that in. Cause there's, there's so many people that do work with office ergonomics and mm -hmm. all those things that, um, I specialize more with the folks that aren't going to go, aren't going to sign up for the wellness program usually and all the things and just really try to, um, get them to turn their perspective and are you trying to educate their mind and their body, Most, Lori, so definitely. that when they're going through stuff, they have to understand? Because here's what I know, even when it comes to me, if I have to go outside and do stuff, I have a really regimented morning. Every day, it's the same thing for me, which is good. And it preps my body for whatever I might need to do. But let's just say, for example, I know I got to cut down a bunch of stuff. I got fire mitigation at my house that I have to go through right now, right? So I got to take my new little chainsaw that I just bought <laughs> and go chop trees down and I got to do all that stuff. If I'm not prepared for that, it can be a problem, right? Especially if I don't do it every day. These guys go every day. They get up early. They go work hard. They don't. What's the mindset that you have to get them into to say, this is priority. If you really want to do your job well for a long time and get that paycheck to take care of your family, this needs to become priority. How hard is that to do and how do you do it? Sometimes it's hard. Um, I always say I really love the old and stubborn. And the young and bulletproof. Um, <laughs> there's there's really distinct mentalities. You'll it, they kind of either go into one or the other. Um, because if you're young, you're like ah, nothing's gonna hurt me, no big deal. Um, with them, it's more talking about you know if you didn't have the income, if you didn't um, have this job going, what would you do? Who relies on you at home? Um, you know, what if you're not able to, you know, pick up the kids or, you know, do the things that is more the angle that I'll take with that crowd old and stubborn. It's really just a wake up of, um, I like to say you can prepare, um, you can be a little more aware while you're working, or if you've completely missed those, you can try to do something to recover. Like just little things go a long way. And I think that's where I kind of just try to pick at them and be real with them. Like, no, I know you're not going to go, um, and do an hour workout before you have a eight to 12 hour workday physical. That's not going to happen. But the little things that you can do beforehand, maybe during a lot of times the folks that I work with, there's really, I mean, they're upside down and backwards in yeah. some weird boiler and it's like, well, okay, <laughs> here's what you can do right after if you know, and it's just finding the motivation of, Hey, they're a hunter they want to go, you know, get the deer and drag it through the woods. I mean, like all the physical things, like yeah, if you values. still want to do that, then yeah. let's just help you here. Um, and it is mind and body. I mean, I want to teach them a little bit about anatomy, but I don't, I've never been one to talk super uh, anatomical or scientific. I've always just switched right to like, okay, this part hurts, then stretch. They appreciate the that, yeah. right? That's so appreciated. Because I don't, um, they know so much more about the task um, and they're the expert on that, that I can be like, okay, show me how that's done and what you're doing. Have you ever considered doing it this way? And then they're like, oh yeah, that's cool. Um, it's just a sharing of minds. I think a lot of times um, in safety worlds, it, it doesn't get follow through when they're like, I'm the body expert, so you have to do it this way. And as soon as you're like, well, there's something called the NIOSH lifting equation that someone was like, have you read the NIOSH lifting equation? And I'm not safety background or anything like that. And I later was like, well, no, I haven't. I actually went through that sucker. It's the most boring thing ever. But <laughs> I'm just like, 
what it, how does this even make sense sometimes when you are knee deep in the mud and you know 100 pounds of iron and all these things i was like ah, you can't even tell them to go inside that bubble of don't move the work's got to get done the work's got to get done um, what, what do you do if res with respect to on-site stuff you go and see something like maybe, maybe let's reframe it what's the weirdest movement posture you've seen like i can't believe you can still do that without blowing a disc out right now that is just so not cool but you have to do it every day is there something that you've seen that you were just mortified and you had to figure out a way to work around that to help them offset that load a few <laughs> um i think so my favorite thing to ask when i go into a company or I, I like to have companies kind of survey out or i like to ask the workers which work task sucks the most on your body and I'm great like, question yeah like just get them thinking of like okay which one am i dreading doing like i know that i'm going to be sore for however long you know after i do that and so i have a refinery client that i work with and i love them they are fabulous they're in kansas um and I ask them this all the time. And now it's gotten, we've worked together long enough. They're like, put Lori in the boiler. It'll be great. <laughs> I mean, so I watch It's your them. micro moment. It is. It totally is. Because I do learn by seeing what's going on and, you know, getting in there. So the one is that they have to clean out boilers occasionally. And it's this huge um, iron thing. I mean, I don't even, you know, and then this little um, two foot oval opening that, that they have to crawl that through. they have to crawl through um it's a confined space i get you know all my little sign-offs on consi confined space entry and they do it all right um because they blow air in there but they're they're needing to switch out like these iron plates that run uh run along the top of it so 200 pounds they have to like be on their back like a dead bug um you know undoing all the bolts and the knots <laughs> and then they have to like figure out how to get it out um while they're laying in a bolts like jabbing them in the back and I'm just kind of like, uh, I'm not really sure there's not a great way to do that. Right. And so you just give them the best you can and, and you tell them how important it is after then recovery is in Well, in and prepare moment. and yes. um, recover, you know, both. Like if you know that you're going to go get in that small space, like get yourself small and big, you know, like move first, get some mm -hmm. circulation going, then go do your work. Um, and it's not anything fast. I'm like two minutes, you know, just yeah. take a second and then... Um, afterwards, yeah, you've been in this really small, um, tense space for a long time, then you need to all of a sudden, I tell them to think in opposites, get bigger afterwards. Is there any, um, trend or lack of trend for IASTM? And for those folks that are listening, that means instrument assisted stuff, soft tissue manipulation tools, foam rollers, lacrosse balls. Is there a tendency towards or away from that in, especially in the prepare mode? Cause I know you know, in that world, like at the gym, we see people doing that all the time to prepare right. for workouts, not always correctly, by the way, but they're <laughs> doing it. Is that part of the industrial world using tools or not so much? I know some companies that do. Um, do they have lower injury rates? Uh, I have to, I don't know for sure. Okay. I think it's, I personally um, think whatever it's going to take to get them to actually do it, fine. If you get a prop and they're doing it with a prop, go for it. If it's something that they're like, no, I have my own, you know, movement routine, mm -hmm. I do it. You know, we go in and we teach a certain mobility routine for warm up when someone doesn't have it. And I've had some employees that are like, hey, I do my own thing. And I'm like, cool, do it. You know, maybe do a couple of these if you notice that there's something missing. But if they're already in a movement habit, then I'm like, cool, tell each other, tell all your coworkers why you do that. Because then they'll be like, maybe I should, um, you know, when they're limping down the hallway and the other guy isn't, 
do a lot of the old stubborn folks come to you with previous injuries? Because you could certainly anchor them into, look, this is what happened. Let's talk about that. You want the you know, the young and impervious to hear those stories, but the old dogs, you want them to go, do I want this again? Right? Like, right. Do, do you see a lot of that? There's a fair amount of it. A lot of it is just over the course of wear and tear. I think it's more just this mentality of like, well, I signed up for this. That's my future. That's what I'm supposed to have. So that's like my um, sentence. Your I destiny. Guess. It is. Yeah. And mm. they're like, well, and when you try to have a conversation with them on that, and, and try to be like, no, you can actually do things to make you feel better. So some have injuries, some just, um, you know, kind of feel old and busted and, but kind of getting into the mindset of you can still <laughs> feel better also, um, and not check out to be like, well, there's nothing I can do and I'll just wait till I have surgery. I do mean, you bring one, in any other factors, Lori, besides movement? Do you talk about anti-inflammatory diet or, or these guys like just so tight in, let's just work on one piece. They can find their way to the other pieces. It's mostly movement because all of this fits under the ergonomic umbrella yes. and, and really nutrition is not my wheelhouse. It's mm -hmm. not my genius zone. Mm -hmm. So I refer out on that one yeah. for sure. And there's, you know, a, a lot of great people out there that can help. So for sure, having a network of amazing people, um, helps, but no, uh, we are mostly movement. Get after the, the meat and potatoes for those folks. Yes. So explain this to me. I wrote this down as I was um, studying for this episode, teaching the why behind body maintenance and resilience. The why is always important and body maintenance, I compare to vehicle maintenance all the time because these folks are um, tool hands and they know how to work with tools and fix things. And they're amazing at fixing things. And I'm like, how do you maintain your car? Why won't you maintain your body in the same way? Right. Does that resonate with them? Uh, a lot of times it does. And I asked a question once. I was like, so um, look around at people you work with or whatever. Like, does what they drive and how they maintain it um, look the same or different as their body mm. and how they maintain it? And I got, and I was hoping for a little more consistency in answers and to say like, oh yeah, you know, all the fit people have really great car washed and they, you know, get their oil changed, all this stuff. It, well, in my small little group that I asked, it wasn't super consistent. So, um, but, but they got the message, but yeah, they get the message, you know, and you're trying to teach them accountability, right? At the end of the day, totally. you and, and you wrote down, or I wrote down something else that you're really inspiring personal responsibility and task awareness. Huge. And so if you get them to understand what they do and how it affects their body, then maybe, just maybe, they'll take that second to think about that movement or to think about that body position before just acting in the moment and potentially causing an injury. I'm, I'm sure that's a big part of what you do. It's huge. Personal responsi responsibility is huge for me because um, I think a lot of times companies will come in and they're like, oh, well... Um, they say that stretch and flex programs reduce my recordability. So let's get a poster from our worker comp insurance people and stick it up on the wall. And I'm always like, and people ask me, they're like, do you have a poster? I was like, <laughs> I do, but I'm not, I'm like, I can't just give that to you because that's not teaching the why. And I'm like, it's a waste of money. If I just gave you a poster and a video, even it's like people have to understand the why behind what they're doing, relate it to the task. Like this part is actually, so you can get in the boiler and not have a back problem or, um, so encompassing that whole thing. I think the company, you know, they're all about, not all of them are all about money anymore. And, uh, the safety 
industry has really come a long way in these high hazard um, industries because it used to be like, throw the new guys in there and they'll all figure it out. Um, but now you're seeing more and more like mentoring and companies that are really going to match people. Here's how you do it. Here's how you stay safe. Um, and of course, on things that might kill them, you know, their PPE and their um, how you do it all is very important. But then we can then sneak in on the tail end, be like, and here's how your body can survive all of that. Um, and it's a great little circle of knowledge that gets them to think bigger. And what we've found when we can go into a company and actually care about their well-being, um, it's a good match. The company looks great because they're looking out for their well-being and not just the dollar. Um, they're like, wow, I've never had a company, you know. Take, care. Yeah, care so much. Mm -hmm. um, and then it puts, I like to put the personal responsibility on the worker. Like just because we um, put the poster up, whatever, you still have to do it. You still have to follow through. And why not? Because you really want to feel better and go enjoy your life outside of work. Oh, so true. You know, Lori, when I was in practice, <clears throat> I had come up with this thing, this program where I would go to different employers, similar to what you're doing, and I gave them a card. And the goal was give the employer the card to give to the employees. The employees would get a point of service discount by coming to me for the treatment that we offered. And I would do education for them, right? So mm -hmm. the goal was for the employee to think it was a great added value onto their insurance program because they didn't have to pay anything for it. They got a discount just like they would if they were enrolled in an insurance plan. And I got some interesting feedback. And I wanted, I'm, asked, I'm telling you that because I want to ask you this question. Some managers or company people were worried that if we did that, and then I came in and lectured on the proper way to lift, the proper way to um, do stretches and postural alignment stuff, that then they would be setting themselves up for more workers' comp claims because now the employees would want to be identifying, look, I'm, not, I'm set to get injured here. So I had to overcome that. Deal. Is that something that you have to deal with? Sort of. I get a, um, a lot that there's um, some people are like, well, what if they get hurt in their morning stretch program? Like, what if they stretch too far or something like that? I'm like, the likelihood of that is very rare. Um, the way we do it, for sure, um, because it's more about the why and not necessarily exactly what you're doing. But yeah, it's... Um, we're all prevention um, end of things. We don't deal with um, injury or post-injury. We're trying to keep them out of that worker comp situation. Um, so a lot of times on those new, like it's like a wellness initiative um, or anything that you're bringing more attention to at a company, you're going to get more reporting, right? So you're asking them to pay more attention to their aches and soreness. You, okay, so you're saying, hey, we want you to early report aches and soreness. So yes, there's going to be a little bump in that, but it's all in the premise that we can catch things better when it's smaller um, and stay out of, you know, that worker comp angle um, when they actually speak up about it. But, you know, I'm like, I don't want hypochondriacs either. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's the balance of things. And I guess just prefacing that you'll probably get more action initially, but then hopefully they get to know what they can do themselves. And your reportable again. rates on the serious injury should go down. So if you get a minor yes. spike in, oh, I got this tweak, that's going to save you later, right. Right? right? Have you noticed with the involvement of your company, you and your team going into different companies, 
if you're with them for a period of time that they're that they do save injuries that the workers are healthier and, and explain what that looks like most definitely our our general um, success rate is a over half a reduction in their recordable injuries explain what so that osha OSHA recordable injuries um, are different than worker comp reportable. So it's a little bit of a dance around. And I mean, that's not my, it's my wheelhouse, but my safety people know the ins and outs and the depths of all of those angles. Um, but as far as day, dart rates, it's like days away from work. Um, and if you have to restrict their work, that's all recordable injuries in OSHA's mind. Um, and so any medical treatment is a recordable injury. So then we're trying to draw this line between medical treatment and first aid. Um, and we're trying to stay all on the first aid side of things. And because we do that in early report, then that's where we can reduce those recordables by at least half. That's beautiful. That's, that's it's big. I mean, so, so it can actually say, well, dollars are saved. It's always hard to prove the negative, right? Well, how do you know how many injuries you really saved because they're not happening? You just go based on, you know, previous, um, it's the OSHA 300 log that um, uh, they've had before, and you can compare it to the next year and the next year, and you see the trend yeah. of that going down, and you can be like, okay, yes, that saves money. So by seeing that going down, it, can you take any extrapolations now that you could share with our audience who may not work in industry in those types of things that may be everything from we'll call home managers in other words they're taking care of kids and dogs and houses and running around to people working in an office have you seen commonalities that anyone listening should watch out for when it comes to avoiding some sort of repetitive injury at work um i think it's just listening to your body the best you can and not ignoring the small things and here's again where i um, compare it to vehicles and maybe it works for everybody or not but you get the gas light comes on that means you need to get gas so right you notice when you're hungry let's eat some food <laughs> um just the little things let's not have the engine uh light come on because that's usually not a good thing um, so pay attention to the warning lights in your body when you're constantly just rubbing your neck and um, feeling like you're um, sluggish and not sleeping well and all the things from there. I think uh, mostly there's a lot of people still, you know, working remotely, working at home. That is a issue for a lot to just not everybody can have the most fabulous ergonomic work setup. And I myself who teaches it um, every morning where I do my social media posts is in my bed on my laptop. <laughs> Perfect <laughs> right? ergonomically Perfect. sound. It's just yeah. like super. Uh, yeah. But I know after I do that, I go through my stretches and I can, you know, figure out my posture. So I know what to do about what I've just done. And you give a lot of advice on stuff with music and cool stuff, whether it be on TikTok or Instagram. And it's for regular people of all kinds, right? Like general stuff. If you have back pain, this, I know you do a lot of taping on there. Yes. What are some of the common themes or engagement feedback that you're getting that people want to know about out there that you might share tips on with us today? I think it's just all the stuff that's easy for them to do, right? Taping is so brilliant that mm -hmm. if your back's bugging you, how about throw some tape on it? And I love the four inch Big Daddy Rock tape. Oh, it's so good. I mean, it's just like the best tool ever because um, cut a piece, slap it on. Uh, it helps your pain, any inflammation that might be there. And, uh, it's also been coined uh, awareness tape. So, um, 
whoever it is, folks in the field or in the office, they're like, I just am more aware because I feel it. So I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be sitting straight up. I'm not supposed to be slouching. That postural right? cueing, yep. as it were. All that cueing stuff. And they're like, okay, so the easy things, um, I mean, really, the feet are big for me. I don't, um, <laughs> it's usually if I'm on the beach or if I'm wearing stylish shoes that aren't the best um, footwear, right? Courtney Connolly is always um, <laughs> pushing really great footwear. I'm like, oh, yes. but sometimes I just want cute shoes. Um, <laughs> you know, tape in the bottom of the feet sort of things. So with tape, um, all those solutions are great. And honestly, like my TikTok channel, anything rock tape has a ton of attention. I think because it's just giving a simple solution. Granted, there's people who are like, well, what did you do with that trash on the beach? And all right. This sort I, of I thing. remember that comment, actually, of <laughs> watching was. from that. Like, how do you know I didn't throw away the trash on the beach? Come on now. And they're like, who brings scissors to the beach? I'm like, you don't know rock tape people. If and yeah. We always travel with scissors. <laughs> yes, yes. And so the taping side, we could do a whole show uh, right, on taping, yeah. right? Like that's... It's so amazing and it is simple. Um, and Rock Tape, uh, that's my brand of choice too. They do a great job of giving public education, free education. What about exercises? If you, is there anything on top of your mind, whether it be one body region or a few body, body regions that everyone should focus on and maybe one movement that you could describe for neck and maybe low back, something like that? Yes. I was thinking of it on the way up here, actually, while driving. Uh, my favorite tip while driving is because most people drive every day. What's that thing behind your head when you're driving? Yeah, your headrest. It's called a headrest. Why is it called a headrest? So you can rest your you're head. You're supposed to rest your head. Um, like actually make contact with it. And some cars are actually really bad about that. I actually have a whole like YouTube uh, rental car ergonomics thing going on. So check that out. Watch it. Watch right? it on YouTube. That's out there. But uh, because sometimes it's weird to rest your head back on your headrest. But think about it. That actually puts you into better posture when your head is resting and not looking up. Like most people, if um, I'm checking posture on someone and I'm like, okay, can you get your tailbone, your mid back and your head on the wall? And then they're like, <laughs> yeah, yep, my head's on the wall and they look and their face is like up at the ceiling, yeah. right? Yes. I'm like, that's not good posture. So then when I try to teach someone of, you know, rest your head on your headrest, you still have to drive. Like <laughs> you're not looking up at the ceiling, you're driving. So it's a good practice of that chin tuck. Right. So then that's my favorite because associating something with what you're doing every day anyway is um, going to create a better habit. So a chin tuck, a head rest moment um, is a great way to form a new habit. So that's one of my favorites is use your headrest when you drive. I love that. And you know, there's something about cueing too. And, and you and I have gone through this many, many times in different ways, but a cue for those of you watching or listening is when something is touching your skin, it's more than just words. There's verbal cueing, there's visual cueing, and then there's kinesthetic cueing where we're touching, right? right? And by you saying, hey, take your head backward or retract it until you touch the headrest, that gives you a goal. It's a kinesthetic cue that I got to get there. Do, do you remember when we were doing the courses on um, some of the advanced movement stuff and we would put people in a band and hold the band off a rig and then we would say, look, this there, we're either correcting with assistance or resistance, but driving a movement pattern of let's say a squat, a correct squat through having a band pulling you one way or another, it forces your brain to get into the game, yes. right? Same thing with this cueing on the headrest. Same thing. Yeah. And and, it's beautiful. And and habit forming as well. So yes. all those. So I think the headrest is one of my big ones. Okay. Something else that I call I call the wall stretch. A lot of times um, people think of wall stretch like in the doorway and their chest opening kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
I have where you put your hand on the wall. I know people visually are going to get the benefit for this and how do I describe it for people listening? Um, if you're standing next to the wall, not facing it, but it's out um, perpendicular from your chest and your hands flat on the wall and then you can turn your way. So it's cool because even in a chair, in an office chair, in a cubicle or wherever you're at, you can just reach out and put your hand flat on the wall with your fingertips pointing backwards and then you kind of bend and straighten a little bit or look away. This one... It's really nice. Pesky. <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, all the things. So I call that the wall stretch. And whether you're on a computer or you're working with tools all day or any of these things, that one has tended to solve a majority of problems. I tell people like every hour, do it for 10 seconds. And so kind of from from chest up, that gives a lot of relief because yes. we're so used to pulling forward, right? So that right. takes us into that. And a nerve flossing too. We're getting the nerves to stretch with that. Right. So it's all just opposite of your crappy posture yes. is opening. So if you Beautiful. don't have if you don't have the wall or anything, yeah. um, we'll sometimes call it the Titanic stretch. So mm. your um, yeah, arms like are out front, to the side at, at the, the front, front of the, of the Titanic, right? Mm -hmm. That whole looking up um, moment. <laughs> I can almost hear the music in the right? back of my mind right now. I know, whistle that. I can't whistle. <laughs> yeah, I can't um, but that one I give all the time. Someone's like, I feel 10 years younger after doing that stretch. I was like, cool, I'll quote you on that. <laughs> That's beautiful. Speaking of um, quoting people, do you have any favorite authors, um, people that inspire you to help you grow um, in your profession, people that you might want someone like me or uh, one of our audience to follow to learn more about this kind of stuff? Well, about, well, business stuff. I know we both follow the same person of Gary Vaynerchuk and I yep. love all his things about just, um, he's the one that helped me really um, learn to put content out that's helpful. Yep. And just be like, oh, this is so easy to think about, like just selfless helping people. Um, and especially when uh, you get into such a niche business, um, it's been helpful to people even that have been around me for years. They're like, oh, that's what you do. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so obviously I'm not really great at, you know, describing everything um, that's helped just marketing wise. But um, shoot, I mean, the last time I actually sat down and read a book was before I had kids. I'm bad on um, reading books, but podcasts and audiobooks and all those certain things have been all over the map on things. Um, what are you working on right now? What's inspiring you right now? Mental um, toughness of what to do when um, everything is chaos in your world. Okay. Because um, we're moving states. We're um, moving from Colorado to Florida for home base, but that doesn't change the business at all. But Yeah, because you can do companies anywhere. Right. Yeah. Which works great, but also had our oldest graduate high school and is off to college um, Sunday. And it's... <laughs> All these things happening at once. So I guess um, who's mindset wise? Um, Brendan Burchard is pretty oh, good yeah. at that. Um, so I've listened to his things um, a bit, but really um, just, I don't know. I self teach a lot of things of stay in the mindset, stay positive, stay forward. Um, don't get stuck in. This is hard. This is difficult. Um, you know, what's going wrong, <laughs> Yeah. but you know, what's in the future and moving forward. Haven't you found that what we tell ourselves is we're focusing on, that's what we find. Totally. I mean, when, like you mentioned, it's so hard. It's so hard. Whenever you say it's so hard to do this, I could see you applying that in your business too, right? Like, oh, I don't have time. It's too cold. It's too this. Well, you're right. It is. But then you see this other person that does it every single day. It's not for them. It's right. the same weather. It's the same darkness. It's the same alarm. So what I'm hearing you say is, you know, our self-talk and our worldview changes as the way we see the world. 
Completely. And it, and it's just a go-to. Um, and I'd have to think back on where I learned um, that mindset. I remember, I mean, I think it was right at the time when I was coming in and getting involved with Rock Tape was um, at the point where the business just started doing better um, because it was like, okay, this is tough. This is hard. I'm a new, um, unknown business. Um, what exactly am I doing? How to explain it? You know, who wants to work with that attitude is really the perspective I got. And yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, no one wants to work with someone that's like struggling and having a hard time or, you know, all those yes. things. So I was like, no, let's go. And I was like, I just start things. Um, I got super fired up with all the rock tape, um, education. Uh, and then, just kept going like, this is going to be awesome. I can't wait. Um, we're doing new things and new ideas. And it really um, bounced from there. Nice. And so that's when we kind of branched out of um, a couple states to many more than that. That's so cool. Lori, if someone wanted to get a hold of you to learn more about your programs, um, what kind of companies you work with, just maybe ask you some questions, get involved. And you've obviously shown your expertise on our show today. How would they reach you? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Great way is the website, balancebio.com. You can also get it to themovementninja.com. But that's where you can kind of find out who we work with, what we do, our services. Also, there's a big old button in the corner that says schedule a call, and that schedules right with me. And you can ask questions on that. I do have a text number as well. Um, gonna, of yes, course, I'm yeah. Gonna, may I? Uh, 720-704-4851. No, Got it. And what about your social media handles for your various channels? Uh, the Movement Ninja Lori is Instagram and the Movement Ninja on TikTok. LinkedIn um, for me is really great. We have I have great conversations on LinkedIn. So just search Lori Frederick on LinkedIn or Balanced Biomechanics. But a lot of um, connections uh, I've made on LinkedIn because I work with um, other companies and businesses. That's I love that platform. That's as well. so cool. Yes. So my final question for you. If you could have a meal, meal of your choice, whether it's a long dinner and it's as much time as you need with any person alive or dead, who would it be? And what would be your main topic of conversation? Shoot. Gosh, throwing these deep ones at me all of a sudden. Oh, <laughs> it's alive my job. Or dead, who would it be? And oh gosh, I really, um, it would probably be my late father-in-law, my husband's um, dad. I really, I got to meet him, but he had dementia. So he really wasn't in a great state of mind when I got to know him. Um, he was a NFL referee for 20 years. And oh, wow. he was a really, I mean, the things that I hear about him are so amazing. He, um, they started Frederick Printing, which was, um, used to be a family thing here. I just, I think it would um, be his um, perception of, I don't know, the world as he grew up. My husband was the youngest of five, so there's like almost a 20-year difference between the oldest and the youngest. Um, so, of course, I'd be like, you know, did, did my husband actually, you know, do the things that he said as he was doing? No. <laughs> it would be more life perspective, right, than um, trying to nitpick on those sort of things. But, I mean, he just um, was an amazing person I would have liked to get to know better. That's cool. Lori, well, I feel like I've gotten to know you better. This has been fantastic. What a great, great investment of time. I hope that the people listening have gotten some from it too. If you've listened to this or seen it, please share it with someone, someone that work uh, works in the industry, someone who could be in plumbing or roofing or 
any kind of oil fields, all that stuff, because they need to hear this. And not that they need to go do everything that we talked about today, but they need to understand they have control. They can make a choice to make their work experience and their life experience as good as we can, as good as it can be. I love that. Well said. Thank you, Lori. Well, thank you for being a guest. I look forward to seeing you soon and best of luck in your move. I know you're going to kill it. When you're back in town, you got to come back and be a guest again. Oh, most definitely I will. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. 